0: Good morning, everyone. Glad to see you guys today. Beautiful. The sun's out. We're here in fellowship. We're here in worship. Uh, We're here to hear God's word this morning. And I pray this morning that uh, the Lord gives you a heart of readiness and a heart of um, being prepared um, and focused, a heart that is focused to listen to to God's word. So I believe the Lord can do that. I believe the Lord can give you that heart of focus and the heart of readiness uh, for this morning's message. But perhaps... In order to help yourself as well, maybe if there's anything around you that is distracting in some ways, maybe there's anything that might likely to distract you in some ways, maybe now's the time to deal with that, (laughs) to maybe move it out of your way or don't let it distract you in some ways. Um, And and I pray that the Lord does does speak to your heart this morning and that you may receive a word of encouragement, a word that will uh, remind you of some beautiful truths in God's word. Because at the end of the day, I'm so dependent on God's word like you are. And we come on Sundays and we come on Thursdays and other days, mostly and well, not only really is to understand the word of God uh, and, to, and to be able to take that away with us. So Let me pray for this morning and let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing as, uh, as the Lord is present today, uh, as he is every week. And we trust that the Lord is ready to work and speak into our lives. So let's pray. Join me as we pray this morning. Loving Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for your presence with us this morning. I thank you that this is a day that you have made, and we come to rejoice, and we come to listen, and we come to receive what you want to tell us. And Father, we pray uh, this morning that your Holy Spirit may give us a heart of readiness, and your Holy Spirit may speak into our lives those words that we need to hear. Father, for those who are feeling discouraged this morning, I pray that you lift their spirits, Lord. I pray for those who are feeling a little bit distracted this morning. I pray that you help them to be focused. And, Father, help us to receive the things that you want us to receive. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the blessing that they are. Thank you that they are here this morning uh, ready to hear what you have to say. Bless them, Father, and bless your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I do thank God for this fellowship. I do thank God for the love and the care that you have for one another. Um, And I do pray that this morning... um, that perhaps even after today that you guys might text each other or call each other or maybe just encourage each other in some ways um and um yeah i do thank I thank god for the love that you have for one another and i do thank god for your commitment to to be at things like this even when it's not the easiest but to come and, and to listen to to god's word uh the lord bless you and keep you and keep growing you in the things or to become more like more like christ This morning, I want to talk a little bit about a a psalm. I want to go through briefly one of the psalms and one of David's psalms, and hopefully it's encouraging to you as it has been an encouragement to me. You've probably heard people tell you at different times to look at things from a different perspective. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe if there's been a conflict at work or there's something going on with school or there's a there's a, there's a problem happening or things aren't quite going to plan for your life. And then, you know, you speak to someone and someone says, oh, you probably need to see it from, from this perspective. Or they might use words like, uh, you need to look at, the, uh, look at the bigger picture. You've heard that someone say that to you before. You need to look at the, the bigger picture. Or um, you need to consider the angle that you're looking at. You know, what, what angle are you considering your situation? Or even uh, the, the other thing that people sometimes say is, um, you know, but you've got to understand that the, the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. So they use, they use phrases like that, you know, and one person said once that maybe the grass is greener on the other side because you're not close enough to see all the dirt, you know, that's why it's so green, but these phrases that people, and they're they're good phrases. There's nothing wrong with these phrases. I think they're phrases that God can use to encourage us and, and to motivate us and to strengthen us. But, um, these phrases are used by people in, you know, in a way to try and help us to see things or to look at things or to consider things from from a, a different perspective. But I want to I share with you this morning what I think to be one thing that's even kind of at a higher level for the Christian. Uh, it'll take it to another level for the Christian. So while these things are encouraging and good and inspiring, I want to share this morning that it's not necessarily what we're looking at, but rather who, who it is that we continue to look at who it is that we continue to keep our eyes on, who it is that we continue to gaze upon, look upon, even even stare upon, you know. You know uh, they, they're the things that, that I want us to look at today. It's like when John the Baptist um, said to the people, behold, look, behold the Lamb of God. You know, it's beautiful because that idea of of gazing and, and staring. And this morning I want you to stare. I want you to stare. You know, sometimes you take children over to the shops or down the street and they might see something or someone that may not look in their minds um, what the way they would expect it to look. And then they, you know, the parents will say to the children, don't stare, don't stare, you know, which is probably the wrong thing to say rather than try and distract them from something else. But but and of course, what do children do? They stare, you know. But this morning, I want you to stare. I want you to stare. I want you to stare upon Jesus. I want you to behold the Lamb of God. I want you to look and look intently, carefully. Considering who you're looking at, look and behold the beautiful features of the Lord, the beautiful eyes of the Lord, and all the promises that fill our hearts through his word, that that paint a picture, a beautiful picture of the Son of God. I want you to look this morning and stare intently at him. And I want to go through some scriptures Um, that will hopefully encourage us uh, in in this way. If you know me well enough, you know that um, when I look at the idea of hope and and the idea of hope for the Christian isn't, I hope so. Yeah, you've heard me say that before. The the Christian doesn't say, I hope so. The Christian says, I have hope. Because what they believe in is not in just motivational statements or positive affirmations, although those things are, are helpful and good, what they are considering more is the one they're looking at, not what they're considering, but the one that they're looking at. And in that, they can say, I have hope. I have hope because he's the living Christ. He's the one who died and resurrected from the dead. He's the one that lives and reigns today and looks upon us and all the experiences that we have, both positive and the afflictions. And he sees this and we can look up to him and we can consider and see the face, the beautiful face of our Lord Jesus Christ in all the circumstances whether they are um whether they are circumstances that are helpful positive whether they are also challenging in in our lives so god has made all these things clear for us god has made everything clear for us so that we can see things more clearly he hasn't he hasn't um uh, made it difficult for us to look upon his word his truths the, the, the face of Jesus. Jesus made it really, really clear so that we can see very clearly the things of the Lord. It's so clear that a child can say to their parent, mum, you, shouldn't you be, be trusting the Lord? It's so clear that a child can say to her father, dad, isn't this where Jesus promises us peace? it's very clear it's not like some you know those pictures that are like an illusion you know those pictures where if you look at something you know if you look at one stage you can see an old man and if you look really carefully you see like a beautiful lady it's not like that God's promises aren't like that if you look and but if you look but if you look again maybe you see something different God hasn't done that God has made his ways really clear so that you and I can stare and gaze and look knowing that our faithful God does not change we are looking to the one who is faithful, steadfast, caring, loving, mighty and even mighty to say. This is the God that we're looking at. And this morning we see in his word, we see the beautiful features of Jesus so that you and I, no matter what circumstances you're facing, no matter what situation that you're in, you can say to your heart, you can say to your soul, look upon Jesus. Yeah, look upon Jesus. So maybe that's why God uses the description of light and darkness. Maybe he uses light and darkness in this way because he knows that when we are in the light, things are clear. We can look, we can see, we can behold. But we're in the darkness, it's hard, it's scary, it's frightening, it's uncertain, we're unsure, we stumble, we fall because these things, because we don't know where to go. And so he says, come, walk in the light and behold me, behold me. Me, how beautiful is our Lord. So let's turn to Psalm 27. Let's go to Psalm 27 and let's consider and let's be encouraged this morning and reminded this morning to look only upon the Lord. To look only upon the Lord. Let's consider that. Psalm, Psalm 27. And as you open up this psalm, uh, it's not a long psalm, and I'm not going to read every, I'm not going to talk about every verse. I'm just going to talk about some of the verses in this um, in this psalm, but I pray that again that your hearts are hearts are encouraged. So, we, so we're there. God willing, we're there. Psalm 27, and and listen to listen to David's heart. We're just going to go through. Uh, we're going to go through different um, different verses. For a long time in my in my work office, I used to have a picture, and um, it's a, it was a picture of a boy sitting in a train, and on one side of the train there was this beautiful, glorious. Picture of like a like a rainforest, sunny, really, really splendor. Like it was just a wonderful to look at. And on the other side of the train, there was this kind of dark, dingy atmosphere, cloudy atmosphere, like something that looked kind of uh, discouraging and, and downcast. And the caption was very simple: every day you have a choice. Every day you have a choice. You have a choice to look at this the splendor outside this side of the train or you have a a choice to look at the the dingy dark downcast side of the train on this side and every day you have a choice and while while that caption i I think that's fantastic it encourages us it gets us to think uh, and all those sorts of things again what it was what we're doing as christians is that we're not encouraging each other to look away from the negative and then to the positive that's not what my message is this morning you know, stop focusing on the negative and start focusing on the positive. That's not my that's not my message. And while that's true, and while that's good, and even Paul, even the Apostle Paul tells in, in Philippians to think on things that are good and just and pure. That that they, they're good things, yeah. What I'm saying to you this morning is this: Turn your eyes away from those things that are untrue and look to the one who is the truth. Look to the one who is the truth, who is living today who was resurrected today 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 he lives and reigns and is mighty to save and in that what you will find is this the anxieties of life the fears of life the worries of life begin to wash away Begin to lessen in our lives because all of a sudden we begin to look at the beautiful features of the Lord. We see and hear the truths of the Lord and and, and the anxieties of life start to melt away in in the presence of Jesus as we look look to him. And I think this psalm is kind of um, touching on this. It's it's trying to bring out this beautiful relationship, intimate relationship that that the psalmist had with the Lord. And uh, what he what he had to say when, in what how where his heart was at when it comes to the Lord. So listen to verse one. Let's look at verse one here. It says, The Lord is my light, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I shall I be afraid? Beautiful thing, but the, the, the psalmist are saying, Who, Who's my light? Who's my salvation? Who is it that's going to be able to come and be the thing that causes me to fear? Because the Lord himself is the strength of my life. You can imagine where this psalmist's heart was at. You can imagine where his trust was in. It wasn't looking at the circumstances of life, but he was considering, first and foremost, he was considering this. The Lord is my light. He is the very thing. That's going to save me you know it reminds me of psalm 121 where the bible says this i will lift up my eyes to the hills see that where do my eyes go what do i gaze upon where do i look upon because i will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence might comes my help my help comes from the lord yeah this is what it is because there is a sense in which, when we look down we are looking at the things that are going wrong when we look up we are looking to the lord and the psalmist very intently very uh, confidently said, I will look up. I will look up or lift my eyes up to the hills because that's where my help comes from. Because what do you think all the circumstances of life are going to do? What do you think the issues in our society today are, are able to do? They are going to drag your eyes down. And so the faith of the Christian, the conviction of the Christian is this, I will look up. My gaze and my stare will be upon the Lord. This will cause me to be steadfast and immovable. This will cause me to be like Mount Zion that doesn't shift. This faith to look and look only upon the Lord. Do you remember the story of Elisha and his servant when his his servant was kind of panicking a bit because there were so many um, enemies around them? And then what was Elisha's prayer? Lord, open his what? Eyes. Yeah? Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes, and he saw the hills filled with the army of the Lord. Yeah, this is the idea. The idea is, is we look upon The Lord, we gaze, we stare upon Jesus. This is what helps us to be immovable and brings peace in a world, in a time where naturally we should be anxious. Thanks be to the Lord. Verse two: When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and they stumbled and and fell. It's like Nothing for the Lord. Verse three, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear, though war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. This is, beloved, knowing quite confidently, as I was sharing with you, Alicia, that the psalmist is saying here, listen to this. Though an army encamp against me, Lord, open his eyes to see greater numbers greater is he that is with you than greater than is he in the world so the so the world can't see this the unbelieving heart can't see this the unbelieving heart sees this it sees that they that are with them are greater than they that are with you that's what the unbelieving heart says but until you be able to say lord i can't do this here i am i look to you as my source of strength and all of a sudden the bible says here in this I will be confident. Verse 4, listen to verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord and that will I seek. See that? What do you seek? What is your greatest desire? Is it like the desire of the sons? He says, you know what? There's many desires I have. It's like you're saying, there's, there's many things I'm passionate about. There's things I love. If I ask you what are the things you're passionate about, I'm sure there are a lot of things you're passionate about. And that's okay. That's fine. It's great to have passions about different things. But what is it, he says? It's one thing, he says, I desired of the Lord. What's that one thing that probably is the passion above all passions, the desire above all desires, that only you know exists or doesn't exist in your heart? No one can almost tell. You can pretend. It's that. But only you know. He says, one thing I've desired, and that's what I'm going to seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Yeah, That's wanting to be continually in the presence of the Lord. Listen. All the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Wow. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To make my gaze. To make my My stare, the beauty of the Lord, all the beautiful features of the Lord, all the wonderful truths of the Lord, all the beautiful promises of the Lord that lift me up out of the miry pit, that take me out of my sin and shame and bring me into his presence. And so, this is what the psalmist says is this I will listen, I will, he says, Behold the beauty of the Lord, and I will inquire in his temple. This, he says, is going to be my gaze and this is going to be my fellowship, to inquire in his temple. Brothers and sisters, I want to ask you to think really um, um, seriously this morning. Is this your gaze and is this your fellowship? Is this the great desire of your hearts to be in the presence of the Lord and to have your eyes fixed and gazed Upon the beauty of the Lord. I can't make you do this, but when you are in love with someone, then the the heart wants to look and not take their eyes off that person. This is the beauty of God. Look at verse five. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Why, why, why wouldn't you look upon the Lord? Because in the times of trouble, um, I don't know. Are you in some kind of trouble today? Uh, are there things going around you today that seem out of your control? Are things today not like they were last week? Are you wishing that things were different today? When we look to the Lord, listen, the psalmist says this, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me and set me high upon a rock. This is the security, the protection, the intimacy when we fix our gaze upon the Lord. You know, this is a beautiful passage. I don't know if you've read it before. I think it's um, Leviticus, um, Joshua, Joshua 20. Joshua 20, beautiful passage where God sets aside a refuge for his people, a place of refuge. It's a very small chapter, like about nine verses, a very small chapter, but it's so beautiful because what the people did was when they accidentally, genuinely, accidentally killed someone, like maybe they were, they were doing something in the forest and their axe flew off and it hit someone's head or it wasn't an intentional killing or murder of some kind, they could flee and go to these places of refuge. And it's a beautiful picture because it's an image of Christ. It's a a type of Christ. But what it is, then they were safe there until they faced trial and the high priest passed away. But they were safe there because the person who wanted to take vengeance. And here God is painting a beautiful picture. I will keep you safe, though we are guilty of many sins, though we are guilty of many things we've done, and though God could throw us and, and destroy us if he justly chose to, but rather his justice was all fell on Christ. And now he says, come, come to the place of refuge and be safe. Your enemy, the devil, can't touch you if you stay here, if you stay and dwell in this place, if you inquire in the beauty of the Lord, you you behold the beauty and inquire in my temple. Here you are safe. You remain safe. And God's faithful to do this because we're not looking only at a promise. We are looking to the living Christ." Who lives and reigns and is ready to save. Verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Now, Look at verse eight. When you said, "Okay, God's asking something here." You ready? You ready to listen to what God is saying here? When you said, "Seek my face," can you imagine God saying that? He's saying, "Son, seek my face." My daughter, seek my face. Because there's many faces you want to seek. There are many temptations that you want to seek. There are many distractions that are going to want you to seek them. There are many challenges and pains and afflictions that are going to take your eyes away from me. But my daughter, seek my face. Son, seek my face. He says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek? I don't know, brothers and sisters. But I don't know how, how many more intimate verses there are in the scripture than this. I don't know. When you said, seek my face, could you imagine the God saying to us, God saying to me, Barry, seek my face. And I said, Lord, I'll, I'll seek your face. How what an intimate, intimate relationship that we have because nothing else, doesn't matter how beautiful the sin feels, No matter how beautiful the sin appears, no matter how much the temptation and distraction and sin saying, look, I'm so beautiful, come after me. It's going to make you feel so good. No matter how much sin yells at me, I look at the face of Jesus and I say, your face will I seek. Tell me, brothers and sisters, which sin is going to be stronger than that? And people say, I can't stop sinning. Which sin is going to be stronger than that? When we behold the beauty of the Lord. This is a very beautiful, intimate verse, brothers and sisters. It reminds me of Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, for those who have read Song of Solomon, is a beautiful book because it's a very, it's a very um, real uh, love story between a man and a woman. It's a, it's a, love, it's a, it's a pure love story between a man and a woman. However, what we also know about the book, it's a, it is also a beautiful picture of Christ and His bride. It's a beautiful picture of that as well, and so many people sometimes say, "Is it one or is it the other?" I don't have a problem knowing or believing it's both. It's a beautiful picture of a man and a woman, which is also a type of Christ and His Church. Listen to one of these verses. This is um, this is the bride speaking about her husband or, or, or um, um, his, her beloved, her beloved. This is the the woman speaking of her beloved. This is this my beloved. Listen. My beloved is radiant and ruddy. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? My beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. Wow. It's like, it's like the, the lady has looked around at all the men and thought, there's none like him. There is none like him. You give me all these 10,000 10, men who is distinguished, my beloved radiant and ruddy now there's so much we can talk about here but i'll just keep it really simple you know radiant you know another word that some scriptures use for radiant and some of the the is also refers to listen listen very carefully it's beautiful dazzling <laughs> my beloved is dazzling how lovely is that my beloved is dazzling and ruddy now ruddy is kind of a word for red it could refer to a sense of, you know, quite robust and healthy, but we know it's also a beautiful picture of Christ who is radiant, which is like that kind of white and radiant, a bit like the transfiguration, and red, of course, because of the blood stains for our sin. But my beloved is dazzling, radiance, red. He is distinguished among 10,000. Tell me, what is going to get in the way of this? When we behold him in this way, what temptation is going to be able to look any better than this? That our hearts fall in love with the one who is distinguished, as the Bible says, among 10,000. That's why there's that, that we, we sing that beautiful song that people love, turn your eyes upon Jesus, yeah? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his face, yeah? Not half not three quarters, not 99%, look full in his face. Because once you look away for a moment, what's going to happen? Distractions. We use the, we always use the description of Peter, Peter walking on the water. And as soon as he turns his eyes, what happens? He falls. And Jesus saying, look at me, look at me, Peter. Yes, there's storms, there's winds, but look at me. And we say when Peter looked at the storms and he looked at the waves, he sank turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and then the the the, ver- the song goes on to say and then all the things of this earth will grow strangely dim because i believe that all the carnal things of this earth all the all the pains and the afflictions of life what happens what happens all the things that you think are not fair what happens they grow strangely dim in the light the glory of the Lord. Listen, I also think if I'm allowed to, and sorry for those who love this hymn, I also think we can change the hymn and we can add to the hymn if we're allowed to. And I think while when we look at the face of Jesus, while some things that are painful and anguish and affliction, while these things grow strangely dim, other things go strangely bliss Let me tell you why. Because what you start to see people, creation, the gifts of God, when you look at Jesus, you start to see all these other things strangely blissed like they are absolutely amazing that the eyes of the unbeliever cannot see. Wow, look what God has done. Look what God has made. Look what God has given me. And all of a sudden they become strangely blissed and people think, settle down, will you? Settle down? No, because this is the glory of God. So while there are some things that become strangely dim, indeed other things become strangely bliss because when we look upon Jesus and look full, not part, full at his wonderful face, can you sing that song? Can we sing that song? Can we be encouraged to sing Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Paul, when he was in prison and he was writing Colossians, to the Church of Colossae, he said this, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things. Seek those things which are above, yeah? Set your sight on things that are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. He says, if you've been raised with Christ, I want you to do something here. I want you to seek the things that are above because to seek the things that are below going to discourage you and distract you Paul's in prison when everything around him could have been painful and 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 cause for affliction he says I want you to seek the things which are above set your mind on things above set your gaze stare where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God Colossians 3 1 beloved turn your eyes upon him Look full in his wonderful face. I know there's lots of things going on around us, things that you don't want to happen, things that you wish weren't happening, situations that you think were different. But listen, this is the moment, this is the time where we can say, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look at verse 9. Do not hide your face from me and do not turn. Your servant's away in anger. Why? Because we are totally dependent on him. Can you imagine if God did? Forget it. All this turning our eyes upon him stuff is not even going to work. So, Lord, don't hide your face. I need to see you. I need to see you. Like the heart of dependency on the Lord. Verse 9 again. You have you've been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. Verse 10. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. You see that? Verse 9, absolute dependency on the Lord. Verse 10, because you can't depend on man. The psalmist knew, I can't look to man. Yes, man's my help. Yes, people help me. And that's all a good thing because God's given us people to help us. But our dependency, our trust is not in man. His trust is in the Lord. Now I know uh, in our church, I'm not naive to know that There are people whose this verse is more real to them than to others. You know, some of us have grown up in some very stable, loving, caring households, but others of us know what it means like when it says something so simple, when my mother and my father forsake me, who haven't had the blessing, who haven't had experienced what it means to have a parent or both in Uh, in a stable caring household doesn't make them less doesn't make them less uh, worthwhile doesn't change their value but that's their experience but even to them the bible says this the lord is their help that's why in psalm 68 the bible says this god sets the solitary in families isn't that beautiful the one who was isolated and lonely. Where does he place them? He places them in families. And where does he place them? Most beautifully, in the family of God. How beautiful to become brothers and sisters with our Father in heaven, leading us and guiding us. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, For for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. Verse 13, I would have lost heart. Listen, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would what? See. See that? That I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This becomes our strength. This verse is suggesting I would have been really discouraged. I would have lost heart unless I kept looking and kept believing that the Lord is going to be good in this situation. So wait on the Lord. Keep looking because waiting isn't passive. Waiting is very active. Keep looking. Keep trusting. Keep gazing. Keep staring. Don't let anyone say to you, stop staring. No, I'm going to stare. I'm going to stare upon the beautiful features of the Lord, distinguished among 10,000s. The Bible says, verse 14, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, brothers and sisters, to finish up, I want to leave you with these thoughts. If we look and keep looking to the Lord, there are three things that I believe are going to definitely happen. More as well, more things as well. But can I encourage you as my brothers and my sisters, can I encourage you? To look on the Lord. And if you do, there are going to be at least three things that will happen. Let me tell you briefly what they are. And they're very easy to remember peacefulness, gratefulness, holiness. Remember those three? Easy. That if you can, you can almost ask yourself, Am I looking? Am I looking to the Lord? Am I experiencing peacefulness, gratefulness, holiness? Because if you experience these things, you can. Almost assure, you can almost say to yourself, yes, I'm looking and gazing and staring upon the Lord. Because, listen, peacefulness, when we look upon the Lord, the anxieties of life will begin to lessen. We will see God as the one who is in the boat with the storms, who can settle the the sea. There is a peacefulness knowing that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is in the boat with us. There's a peacefulness knowing that even if he's resting and sleeping, this boat's not going down because Jesus is in it. We are looking upon the one who is able and mighty to save. We're not trying to find new positive affirmations to plaster all over our walls. We're looking to Jesus whose features spill over with all these promises and truths, who is alive and mighty to save. And in this there is a peaceful rest. We look upon him. He says, Look to me, and we say, My heart says to you, Lord, I will look to you. There is also gratefulness. And what happens with gratefulness is really important because when we look to Jesus, all of a sudden we begin to see more of what God is doing and less of what we think God is not doing. Do you understand? We develop a heart of gratefulness. We say, Thank you, Lord, for this situation, or Thank you, Lord for what you're doing in my heart in this situation. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me steadfast. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me safe. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me and my family. Whatever the situation is, there develops a heart of gratefulness rather than, rather than a heart that says, uh, why isn't God doing this? Because we look upon him. In fact, what, the, what happens is we start to have less of a complaining spirit, a grumbling spirit. Are you known for someone who complains a lot? Are you known for someone who grumbles a lot? When's the last time you complained against the brother? Recently. When's the last time you complained against the sister? Recently. And I'm not talking about approaching a brother and sister and, and wrestling out wrestling out an idea because you want to you make your opinion known you want to genuinely wrestle something out. No, I'm, I'm talking about someone who just wants to complain. There's no intent in their heart to make things better. You see, God has called us not to be complainers, but to be grateful. Listen to what uh, Philippians says do all things without complaining and disputing. Philippians 2, that you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Do you see that? When you don't complain, you don't dispute, you become blameless and harmless. You become children of God. Listen, among whom you shine as lights in the world so others can now see clearly. You get that? Do you complain? Your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, are you a complainer? turn your eyes upon Jesus develop a heart of peacefulness, develop a heart of gratefulness. And finally, beloved, a heart of holiness. You see, it's very hard to love what, who the Lord is and the features of the Lord and the beauty of the Lord, and then to run to something that is ugly like sin. The strength of and power that comes to a, a man or a woman who gazes and fixes their gaze on the truths and the promises and the beauty of the Lord is really difficult to shift them to the ugliness of sin. You see, when people, some people say, when two people live together for a long time, they almost start to become like each other because that's who we are with Christ. We live with Him, we dwell with Him, and we become like Him. It's like saying to a child who there's a beautiful um, playground, and it's like like a state-of-the-art playground and it's multi-million dollar playground and you say to this child, now you, I want you to go over there and play in the rubbish bins. Seriously? Play play in the rubbish bins? Here we have this beautiful, majestic, state-of-the-art playground. You see, that's how bizarre it sounds. When we behold the beauty of the Lord, sin seems to us like this filthy, smelly, dirty rubbish bin. Why would I even go there? And there is strength to overcome all this sin. Because we behold the beauty of the Lord. We come to the end of what we want and we begin or we begin what the Lord wants. This is the beauty of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. So when we behold the beauty of the Lord, there is, beloved, I believe, what will happen, I guarantee you, what will happen, you will experience a peacefulness, a gratefulness and a holiness. And I know there are, there are, there are many things that will happen, And there are many things that are happening, but can I encourage you this morning, brothers and sisters, my love, my beloved, can I encourage you, please keep your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, whether you're young or old, keep looking upon the beautiful eyes of the Lord. Let me pray for us, brothers and sisters. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters. I want to thank you, Lord, that in this time that we can continue to look upon you. When we stare in your face, Jesus, we see the splendour and the glory of the Lord. When we stare on your face, Lord God, we see the, the wonderful truths that spill out of your word. And all we want to see is you. We only want to behold the Lamb of God. Father, I pray that you would help us, our hearts, our minds, our eyes, to remain steadfast upon our beloved, radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. And help us to remain steadfast in this way. Bless my brothers and sisters, encourage them, and make your beautiful face to shine upon them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.